Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. Okay, if you have your Bible with you this morning, I want you please to open your Bible with me to the book of Romans in chapter 5. Romans in chapter 5. Thank you, Lord. All right. <clears throat> And then we're going to look at a, a few scriptures. I'm going to lay the foundation for you today. It's going to be phenomenal as we go to the Word. All right. Hello, Priscilla. Hello, hello, Sabita. Amen. Let's go to Romans in chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 16 onwards. Uh, verse 16 till verse 18. And then I'm going to read to you from different translation of the Bible. It says, And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For if for the judgment was by one uh, to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses to, unto justification. Verse 17, for if by one man's offense, that's Adam, the first Adam, Adam the first, death reigned. I want you please to underline in your Bible the words death reigned by one. Okay, as a matter of fact, you know what I want you to do is go to Romans. Let's go to the book of Romans again. And I want to back up a few verses uh, I want to show you a number of things. Every student, every serious student of the Word of God need to know the book of Romans. The book of Romans and the book of Ephesians are two great books that you should memorize. All right? Um, in order of, to me, in its order of importance, I like Romans, Ephesians, Galatians. All right? They're not all the books are important, but if you want to be doctrinally sound, and effective, you've got to know, you've got to master the book of Romans, the book of Ephesians, and the book of Galatians. All right, now let's go to Romans in chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. I want to read to you from verse, um, we're going to read from verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Now, by the word enter, write the word door. Everything that Jesus is, is what Adam was in reversed. Everything that Jesus is towards positivity is what Adam was in reverse towards the negativity. Just like Jesus is the door, Adam was the door through which death came in. Just like Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Adam became the way, the lie, and the death. Are you listening? Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon, how many men? All men, for that all have sinned. The Greek text says literally, in whom all have sinned. Now, anytime you see the, the, the terms in your Bible, in him, in whom, in Christ, in Adam. These are identification verses. Now, verse um, 13, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Now, what is it talking about here? Does that mean that death didn't reign after Moses? No, 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 no. It's very simple. Death reigned from Adam, the first man, until Moses. Moses represented the law. 
So up until the new covenant, it began with Adam. And till Jesus came, we had what is known as the law. Are you listening? So death reigned. Nevertheless, look at verse uh, uh, verse uh, 13, I believe it is. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Uh, let's, let's go to verse, um, thank you, Jesus. Verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned. I want you please to circle these words. Death reigned from Adam unto Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come, him in the reverse, in the negativity towards death and Jesus towards life. Now, look what it says here. Verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one man many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. Death passed upon all in whom Adam sinned. All right? You're not a sinner because of what you did. You're a sinner because of what Adam did. And by virtue of identification, that's why you are a sinner. So death passed upon all men. And the scripture tells you that by the grace that was given to us has abounded unto many because not everybody wanted to receive salvation. Verse 16 says, And not as it was by the one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Now, look at verse 17, please. 17. This is where we want to uh, major on today. For if by one man's offense, death reigned. Twice we've seen that word now. Death reigned. By one, much more, they which receive abundance of grace. Who's that? Me and you. Come on, put your hand in your heart and say with me, I have received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Wow. The gift of righteousness. You need to circle that and underline that in your Bible. Praise God. It is because of the abundance of grace that you have received the gift of righteousness. Then it says, of <clears throat> verse 17, shall reign because of the gift of righteousness, shall reign in life. I want you please to underline that in your Bible. Shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> so I want you please to underline the word shall reign in life. Let me read that verse 17 to you uh, from the Amplified Bible, the classic version. I don't like the new Amplified. I like the Amplified classic. I don't think they did justice. I do not think they did justice to the new Amplified Bible. I like the Amplified classic. All right. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reign through that one much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace unmerited favor and the free gift of righteousness 
putting them into right standing with himself, reigns as kings in life. So write this down. Reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So I want you to please write in your notes now, reign as kings in life. The King James says, amen, in verse 17, reign in life by one. But I need you to write the word reign as kings. Let me read that to you from a different translation of the Bible. All right. I believe it's the Living Bible. It says, uh, the, the, uh, I'm going to read from verse 16 to verse 17. Thank you, Jesus. Adam's one sin brought the penalty of death to many, while Christ freely takes away many sins and gives glorious life instead. Verse 17, the sin of this one man, Adam, calls death to be king over all. But all who will take God's gift of forgiveness and being acquitted are kings of life. Kings of life. Glory to God. Can you lift up your hands with me and say with me, by the gift of righteousness deposited into my life, by the abundance of grace, I can reign in life. Secondly, I want you to say this, because of the abundance of grace that was shed upon my life and the gift of righteousness deposited into my spirit, I can reign as a king in this life. As a king in this life. Now, I want us to quote it this way. Verse 17, I'm reading from the, uh, king, uh, the Living Bible, that because of the gift of forgiveness and being acquitted, I'm a king of life. Come on, say with me. I'm a king of life. I'm not a victim of life, but I'm a king of life. Can you say with me? I'm a king of life. Now, um, let me read it to you from the um, Good News translation. It says, it is true that through the sin of one man, death began to rule because of that one man. But how much greater is the result of what was done by the one man, Jesus Christ? All who receive God's abundant grace and are put freely and are freely put in right, put right with him, they will rule in life. Oh, glory to God. Can you say with me? I will rule in life. Rule in life with Christ. Glory to God. So, what do we have here so far? So far we've got reigning in life, reigning in life as kings, kings of life, ruling as kings. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So this morning, this afternoon, wherever you may be today, around the world, I need you to understand that because of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, put your hand in your heart and say with me, the gift of righteousness, I, say your name, say your name, I, Glenorechion, 
I Bill McGill, I Priya, I Sabita, I Catherine, I Priscilla, I Miss Bonnie, all right? I will reign in life as king. Amen. I will reign. I will rule as a king. I'm a king of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, very important for you to understand that. Glory to God forever. So this morning, you need to see yourself as a king. Now, having said that, what was God doing here through the work of redemption? And you need to write this down. And never forget this. The work that Satan did in Adam cannot be compared to the work or the operation that God did in Christ. You cannot quantify it. You cannot measure it. Glory to God forever. Can you say hallelujah? Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go um, <clears throat> to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. What was God doing here? What was Paul revealing to us here, ladies and gentlemen? Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 26 to verse 28. I want to bring this to you this week. Uh, if you noticed last week, I talked to you about faith. Um, I've been talking to you about strong faith as opposed to fear. And this week, I want to talk to you about reigning in life because we have to have this amplified in our spirit man. My job is to stir your faith, is to create an environment of faith in the word for you so that, you see, environment inspires or environment depresses. Did you hear what I just said to you? You need to write this down. The environment that you choose to create will either inspire you or your environment will depress you. This is why you've got to create an environment of faith, an environment of the word. Can you say amen? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make men in our image after our likeness. Two different words. Doesn't mean the same thing. One means to look like, the other one means to act like. Okay? Image means to look like spiritually. As a spirit being, you look like your, your maker. You're not a monkey. You're not a gorilla. You are made in the image of Almighty God. Now, after our likeness. Look at the word likeness. Likeness means to act like. So we look like him and we act like him. And let them have dominion. Aha! Because you are created in the image of God and after his likeness, God is a God of dominion. He says, let them have dominion. Now, by the word dominion, I want you please to write this down. Greek word, I mean Hebrew word. I want to, I want, let, me, let me read the whole thing for you. All right. Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over, over, over. 
not under, 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 and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, created he him, male and female, created he them, and God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. And have what now? And have dominion. Everybody say, have dominion. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I want you to write this down. Blessed be God. The Hebrew word for the word dominion, write this down, is the word rodol. How do you spell it? R A with a circumflex on top of the A, D-A, circumflex on top, H, Rodor. Now, what does Rodor means? It is a word that means to tread down. It is a word that means to subjugate. It is a word that means, in Hebrew, to crumble off. All right? It means to prevail against, to reign, to make, to rule, and to overtake. Let me say it again. The Hebrew word for the word dominion is the word rodar. All right. It's spelled R-A. All right. R-A with a circumflex on top. D-A with a circumflex on top of the A. A little, it's like a Chinese, little Chinese hat. You know, that's a circumflex. All right. <clears throat> and H, that's the word rodar. All right. And it is... It means to literally to trot, tread down, to subjugate, to crumble off, to make, to have dominion, to prevail against, to reign, to bear the rule, or to rule. Man was created to tread down, subjugate, have things to crumble underneath his feet. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's someone who is reigning in life. He is over, 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 over. Not under, 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 under. Too many believers today are living under. You ask the average believer, well, how are you doing today? Well... Under the circumstances, what in the world are you doing under the circumstances? Are you listening to me now? Can you say amen? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Barry, glory to God. Now, I want you, uh, maybe, you, want me, maybe you, you need me to write down to you. Uh, I don't think we'll have it on this computer. Too, too, too complicated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Those of you who speak French, you know, you know what a uh, uh, circumflex, circumflex, circumflex accent is all right thank you jesus now ladies and gentlemen look in your bible now man was created to rule and to reign you are now born again because you're born again go back to romans 5 17 again all right and then stick your you know keep your finger in genesis 1 26 let's go back to um romans 5 17 for if by one man's offense death reigned Death reign. Now, by the word death, I want you please to write this down. What does that mean? Well, we know that there are three deaths, but two are important. 
extremely important for you to understand. The, 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 the last one, that will not even apply to you. The first death is what is known as spiritual death. Now, what is spiritual death? Now, write this down, please. Death, in its simplest, basic definition, means separation. When somebody dies, if the Lord tarry, doesn't come back in my time and your time, you and I will go by the way of the grave. When we die, it is the separation of our spirit man, our inward man, that goes up to God from our body, which goes to the ground. So death is a separation of the spirit or the, or the inward man from the outward man. Spiritual death is the separation of your inward man, your spirit man, from God. So it, it took spiritual death first to bring about physical death. Physical death is the offspring of its parent spiritual death. Are you following, are you following along now? Okay, now. So the Bible tells you that death was reigning. So remember now, there's spiritual death, and then there is what? Physical death. Then later on, those who are thrown in the lake of fire, that's called the second death. That will not be your portion if you're born again. That is the eternal separation of their bodies and their spirits from God eternally, forever and ever and ever and ever. That's not your problem. Okay, now look at verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned. Death was causing havoc, running rampant. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Reign in this life by one Jesus Christ. So God wants you to reign in life. Like we've just discovered the different translation. We've just discovered we reign in life as kings. We reign as kings of life. We rule as king. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Now, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we were reading Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I want to read that to you from the good news. I believe it's a good news Bible. Or the living Bible, one of them. Then God said, verse 26, let us make men someone like ourselves. I love that. God said, let us make men someone like ourselves. To be the master of all upon the life, upon the earth, and in the skies, and in the seas. My, my, my. Ain't it wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Well, there you go. There's Mrs. Miss uh, Miss Rosdall. She got it there. Glory to God. Dominion Hebrew Rada. She got the circumflex on as well. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, there you go. Congratulations, Miss Bonnie. Thank you. Um, so let me read that again. God said, let us make men someone like ourselves. To be 
the master of all life upon the earth. When you are reigning in life, when you are a king in life, then it makes you a master of life. Did you hear that? Master. All right. <clears throat> Let him be a master of life upon the earth and in the skies and in the seas. So God created, made man like his maker. Like God, did God make man. Man, <clears throat> all right, and woman, did he make them or made? That's, that's not a bad, that's not a good translation. All right, man and maid. <laughs> oh, I think my wife should hear, my, I think my wife should read that. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, from the Good News Bible. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Men and maid, did he make them? And God blessed them and said, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. You are masters. You are masters. Come on, lift up your hands. This is what we want to drive into you this week. You are masters. Thank you, Lord. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Now, I want you to do is to look at this now. So how are we supposed to reign in life, reign as kings? Thank you, Lord. I want you to look in your Bible with me, please. Thank you, Jesus. In the book of Ecclesiastes. In the book of Ecclesiastes now, we want to see something for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 4. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to show you today how to reign this week, how to reign and rule as kings in life from your Bible. From your Bible. Death was reigning over us, but death lost his grip over us. Okay, now, ladies and gentlemen, how do we reign in life? Well, how does God reign? God reigns through his word. God reigns through his word. So if God tells you that you are a king, in fact, let's go to the book of Revelation. We've just seen this now. You've got to see yourself from the Word of God. Revelation in chapter 1. Revelation in chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 5. We're going to read verse 5. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 to verse um, 6. John the Revelator is talking, and he's giving us a great revelation. He says, And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, not talking about King Tut, you know, or the king of Holland, I'm talking about King you, all right, the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests. You need to underline that in your Bible. He has made you what? Kings and priests. 
So do me a favor, lift up your hands and say with me, by Jesus, because he loved me, he's washed me and made me. Now by the word made, write this word down. The word made here literally means to be legally constituted. So you are now legally constituted as a king and as a priest. All right, let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. We're going to read verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 tells us, But you are a chosen generation, a royal, a kingly priesthood. I, that used to be my, one of my favorite songs when I was a little boy. Uh, growing up in the church, one of our favorite songs, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness, out of darkness, out of darkness, into his marvelous light, into his marvelous light. You see, you got to sing songs like that to amplify your faith. You are, come on, say with me, I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. What does that mean? You're a king and a priest. You're a king and you are a priest. Not because of what you did, but because of whom you receive. You received Jesus and he's made you a king and a priest. To do what? As a king to rule in life and on life. As a priest to appear before him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So Ecclesiastes chapter 8. How do kings reign? How do kings dominate? Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 4 tells us, where the word of a king is, there is power. Where, look in your Bible. Don't just look at me. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 4. If you're going to reign as a king over life, you need to know how a king operate. I want you to write this down and never forget this. Kings operate, a king operates by word. A priest operates by incense. Did you hear that? A king operates by word, by decrees, by executive orders. Whereas a priest, he operates with incense. That's the job of a priest, to offer up incense to God. What does incense represent? Two things. Incense represent primarily prayers. Secondly, worship. Are you listening? Can you say amen? Can you say thank you, Jesus? So therefore, if you're going to rule and reign in life, you need to take yourself seriously as a king. Jesus is the king of kings. What does that mean? He's the king of you kings. You listening? So now you have to be understanding that when you're speaking, 
you're making decrees. Now, so you've got to speak the word. Well, how do you speak the word? You've got to command it. Now, look in your Bible, please, and look what Paul shows you here. You're made in the image of God. Now, listen to this. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis chapter 1. Look in your Bible, please. Verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said it. There was darkness. Now, by the way, the word darkness, if you look at verse uh, 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The, the Hebrew word here for the word darkness is the word tohu v'bohu. Okay, tohu v'bohu. Okay, so let me say that. <clears throat> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay? You got without form and void. That's tohu vubohu. And then you got the word darkness, which means choshek. Okay? Shoshek. So write this down. The, the, when there was, when the earth was without form, that's the Hebrew word tohu. Then void, that's the word bohu. All right? Which means total chaos. And darkness is not just talking about the absence of light, but it means misery. That's the Hebrew word choshek, C-H-O-C-H-E-K-C-H-O, the circumflex, S-H-E-K, and it means misery. It means death. It means destruction. It means ignorance as well. You got that? All right, now, listen. So God sees darkness, he sees chaos, he sees miseries. He comes and says, let there be light. I love the way the Hebrew Bible puts it. God says, light be, and light became. Now, here's the deal. Now, Paul gives you more revelation in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look in your Bible, please. 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. Look at verse 6. 2 Corinthians in chapter 4 and verse 6. What the he Genesis says, God said. Now, Paul gives you more light because some of us, we say things, but there's no passion. There's nothing behind it. In the word of the king, there is power. There's dunamis. Second Corinthians in chapter 4. Look at verse 6. All right, have you got it? Have you got it? All right, let's put that verse on the, on the screen and then we can all look at it. Or y'all look in your Bible. All right, Second Corinthians in chapter 4 and verse 6. For God who commandeth the light to shine out of darkness. So when God speaks, he commands. When God speaks, he does what? He commands the light to shine out of darkness. So therefore now, if you have been made a king, 
When you speak, you got to speak from the position of command. When you pray, you pray from the commanding position. Not from a begging position, but from a commanding position. Can you say amen? Glory to God forever. So when God commanded, everybody say God commanded. God decreed. God declared. In his word, there is power. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when you see believers, when they speak and there's no commanding power, you know why? Do you know why? Well, let's show you. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 8. Let me give you Isaiah's answer to your problem. Isaiah chapter 8, please, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 8. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now, let's go to Isaiah. Please, you got it? Give me time to give you that uh, Isaiah chapter 8 and look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. All right, got it? Put it on the screen. You'll say it there to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Can you see that? When people don't speak according to this word, the commanding word, it is because there is no light in them. Can you see that? There is no light inside of them. When you don't speak like God, you see, when you speak this word, you're speaking a command. This book, the B-I-B-L-E, your biblicals, your biblions, when God gives you this, it is not to make you a victim of life. God gave you a Bible to make you the master of situation. The way you control your life, control circumstances, is by his commanding word. His commanding word puts you in a commanding position. But if you're not speaking and commanding, then what happens? Well, Isaiah says, it is because there is no light in them. Well, why don't we have that light then? Well, what gives you light? Psalms 119. Psalms 119. We are going to be reading verse 130. Psalms 119. And let's read 130. It says, The entrance, the entrance of your word giveth light, it giveth understanding to the, to the simple. You know what the word simple means here? Stupid. <laughs> so when you get the word, you don't have to be uh, stupid anymore. You know, years ago, 
years ago, the first time I went to Nigeria. All right, I've been to that great nation for over uh, for 138 times. And um, Nigeria tickles me. You know, they had this big billboard uh, for church service listing all kind of problems. You know, if you are sick, come to this meeting. If you are barren, come to this meeting. If you are depressed, come to this meeting. If you got diabetes, come to this meeting. If you got cancer, come to this meeting, right? Blah, 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 blah. And then one of them says, if you are stupid and an income poop, <laughs> come to this meeting, all right? Now, who in the world is going to go to that meeting and say, I'm the nincompoop you've been looking for, all right? <laughs> I'm the stupid that you've been looking for. No, no, no. <laughs> so that cracked me up. So what God's word says, the entrance of his word, thank you, Miss Bonnie, giveth light and giveth understanding unto the simple, unto the stupid. Meaning you don't have to be stupid. You don't have to be a nincompoop. Now, when you have people that, you know, well, I don't want to talk like that. Right? In fact, let me, sh let me show you what God tells you here. All right? Because you see people today, all right? Look in your Bible. I hope you've got enough nerve to believe this. All right? Isaiah 45 and verse 11. Isaiah 45 and verse 11. Now, can you see this? Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 11. I'm going to wait for you to put it on. Isaiah 45 and verse 11. Isaiah chapter 45. So you need to understand what needs to come out of your mouth must be the word of God. This is why I keep telling you this. You need to go to a, word, to a church that teaches you the word, that teaches you to build your faith. You don't go to a church that doesn't teach faith, that doesn't teach you the word of God. Because like I said, if they're not building your faith, they're building your fear. If they're not increasing your faith, they're increasing your doubt and unbelief. All right, everybody, let's read that verse together. It's on the screen right now. So let's read that verse together, ladies and gentlemen. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. But some of you right now just falling off the chair. Okay? God says, hey, talk to me. Why? Why does God tell you, command you me? Because he's watching over his word to perform it. And the only way that God can watch over his word for you to, for him to perform it is when it comes out of his, out of your mouth. And any time you speak the word, remember the centurion? Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. This is what excites Jesus. This is what excites Jesus. Praise be to the Lord. Okay? <clears throat> Can you say thank you, Jesus? Amen, 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 amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Look in your Bible, please. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just get my Bible open here. Praise God. Say the word. Everybody say, say the word. Say the word. Speak the word only, and my servant will be what will be healed. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm 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 
Thank you, Lord. Can you say thank you, Lord? Speak the word only. Come on, say, speak the word only. Speak the word only. And my servant will be what? Healed. Look in your Bible. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 8. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. The centurion says to Jesus in verse 8, praise be to God, says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come into my under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. What is he doing? Talking to Jesus. And look at the next verse. What does the Bible tell you in the next verse? In verse 9, did Jesus argue with him? All right. Uh, verse 9, the man says, For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. And I say to another, Come, and he cometh unto my servant. Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he said to them that followed him, Verily I, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, uh, no, not in Israel. Don't come to my house. Just say the word. You don't need to come to my house. Just say the word. And that excited Jesus. Concerning the work of my hands, command you me. You talk to God, you talk. Now, that doesn't mean you're being rude to God. You just, you just, you see, prayer is just taking the word of God back to him. And he's watching over his word to perform it. Incidentally, let's go to John chapter 3. All right. John chapter 3 and verse 34. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. He whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. So what must you do? If you want to rule and reign in life, if you want to rule and reign in life, you have to speak commanding words. Why? Because in the word of the king there is power. But what is commanding word? Commanding word is this. It's the Bible. It is the Bible. So when God speaks, glory to God. And so you just do what the word of God says. Can you say amen? You just speak what the word of God says. Can you say hallelujah? So the way that puts what puts you in command, ladies and gentlemen, is that you've got to speak the word of God. He whom God sent speaks the word of God. Can you say that with me? He whom God sends speaks what? Speaks the word of the living God. So that's what I want to do. We want to speak the word of the living God. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? And when God speaks, he commands. When you speak, you command. You talk in a commanding, from a commanding position. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say hallelujah? Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Now. Let's close with this. So you've got to be very aware. Write this down, please. Let's write this down, and I'm going to close with this today. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> write this down. If you want to be effective in faith and be in a commanding position, two things are highly important. God's word and your words. God's word 
and your words. Your words must line up with his word. Man, I can't do this. Well, fine, then. Just do what you want. But don't expect to have Bible results. If you want Bible results, you've got to do what the word says. You've got to speak that word. In the midst of a dark situation, you command light. When I was in that coma last year, I had to speak the word. Matter of fact, when I couldn't speak the word, my wife spoke the word over me. Spoke the word. Remember this as I close. You are always in a position of command. You are reigning in life and your words must have power. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchia.org.